the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We don't like waiting. We certainly don't like waiting 24 years. 24 hours, maybe, but not 24 years. Now, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 says, listen, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. And for most of us, the patience, that's the hard part. It's not only through faith that you can inherit the promises of God, but as Pastor Dan shares in today's message, also patience. Patience is often the downfall of the faithful. What is the longest you've waited patiently on the Lord? Abraham had to wait 24 years for the Lord's promise to be fulfilled. Why 24 years? After such a long time, one could only point to the Lord as the provider of the miracle. This wasn't a marvel of nature. Are you in need of a miracle? Continue to wait patiently. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 16 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 17 when Abram was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. And then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land and which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins and it shall be a sign 
of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations, he who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant, he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. And then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old and shall Sarah who is 90 years old bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And then God said, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes and I will make him a great nation But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised them their flesh of their foreskins that very same day as God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael All the men of his house, born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. That's a lot of circumcision. Here in chapter 17, God reaffirms his covenant with Abraham. And this is the fourth time that God reaffirms his covenant with Abraham. Now, at this point, it's been 24 years Since God first called Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldees, uh, and it's been 13 years since Ishmael was born. As we've seen in our study of the life of Abraham in Genesis, there have been a few times through the years when Abraham's faith has wavered a bit. Uh, Understandably, 24 years, it's a long time to wait for a promise. We saw last in chapter 16 that Sarai, Abram's wife, grew impatient waiting upon the Lord to fulfill his promise. So she took matters into her own hands. She offered her servant Hagar to Abraham and that relationship produced Ishmael, produced a son. 
The New Testament tells us that son was a work of their flesh. It was not a work of the spirit. And Ishmael was not the son of promise, as we see in this chapter, in chapter 17. You know, God's timing is quite often different from our timing, isn't it? We don't like waiting. We certainly don't like waiting 24 years. 24 hours, maybe, but not 24 years. Now, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 says, listen, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. And for most of us, the patience, that's the hard part. We're not weak in faith. We believe God. We're weak in patience for most of us. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 15, it says, After waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. After waiting patiently for 24 years, Abraham received what was promised. Now, one reason, one reason God waited so long was so that there would be no question that this child was a miracle of God and not just a marvel of nature. So that there would be no doubt. So that everybody would say, God is the only explanation. God is the only reason. God did this. And, and sometimes God will do things in such a way that he gets all the glory. There's no question, this is God. This is only God. That's the only explanation for this. He likes to do things in that way. And that's what he does here with Abraham and Sarah and their child, Isaac, this child of promise. Now, in this chapter, God uses the phrase, my covenant, nine times. And he uses the phrase, I will Ten times. So this is something God is doing for Abraham and for his descendants. And Abraham, you know, is the benefactor of God's blessings, just as we are the benefactors of God's blessings in our own lives. You know, God is the one who pursued us. God is the one who sought us out. God is the one who who called us out of our old life. God is the one who redeemed us and transformed us and gave us new life. God, God is the initiator. And, and we are the benefactors of, of what God is doing in us and through us. In verse 1 again, it, it, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me. And be blameless. Now, if you, if you just look back one verse, the end of chapter 16, it says Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. So now he's 99 years old. Again, 13 years have, have passed since Ishmael was born. And I'd imagine at this point for Abraham, he thought Ishmael is the promised son. He has this son with Hagar and 13 years go by, and, and I'm sure for him, he, he's, he's thinking, well, this must be the promised son. But he's not. As we see in this chapter, God will give Abraham and his wife Sarah a son. God appears here to announce this to him in chapter 17. 
And God says to Abram, I am Almighty God. Now you should underline that in your Bible. I am Almighty God. The, the Hebrew is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Maybe you remember some of the old worship songs about El Shaddai. This is the first time in the Bible God is called El Shaddai, Almighty God. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. El Shaddai is used a total of 48 times in the Old Testament. And and the name El Shaddai emphasizes God's power, God's ability, and God's sufficiency. And why does God call himself El Shaddai? Why does God call himself Almighty God? Why does he emphasize his power, his ability, and his sufficiency to Abraham now at this point for the first time? Why does he say that now? Because Abraham is 99 years old and his wife is 89 years old. And God is about to tell them they will have a child together at their age. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 4. You don't have to turn there, but listen, just listen to what it says about Abram, Abraham, and Sarah. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. It says that Abraham was not weak in faith. He did, listen, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being, listen, fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Abram's body was already dead. Sarah's womb was already dead. In, in other words, they, they were too old to have kids physically. Uh, they, they couldn't do what was necessary to make a baby at their age. It wasn't possible. And so God is about to do something in them and through them that is physically impossible for Abraham and Sarah to do at their age. That's why God begins the conversation by saying, I am almighty God. I am El Shaddai. Before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, let me just tell you, I am Almighty God. Before we go any further. And maybe for you, you're facing an impossible situation. It seems hopeless. You don't see how it could ever possibly work out. Our God is El Shaddai. 
Our God is almighty God. God is not limited by our limitations, whether that be a physical limitation like Abraham and Sarah, or whether that be a material limitation or a financial limitation or an emotional limitation or whatever it may be. He's not limited by your age or your gender or your education level or anything else. Nothing limits him. Nothing is too hard for our God. With our God, all things are possible. And it's important for us to remember that so that we don't limit God with our unbelief. Like Abraham, we should be fully convinced that what God has promised, He is able to do. Why? Because He's El Shaddai. He's Almighty God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, listen, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that resurrection power, dwells in us as believers. And so God begins here by saying, I am Almighty God. And then He says, Walk before me and be blameless. Walk before me. That speaks of Abram's manner of life. The idea here is live in my presence, walk in my presence. Walk before my face, literally, and be blameless. Now, when it says be blameless, it doesn't mean be sinless. It's impossible for anyone to be sinless. We all, we all sin. We all fall short. So what is it saying here? To be blameless means to be upright toward God or to be without spot, without blemish toward God. In other words, God wanted all of Abraham. He wanted a, a, a full commitment in the way that he lives And God has the same message for us today. Walk before me and be blameless. We we should live in the presence of God. We should always be mindful of God's presence in our lives and that God sees all. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13, nothing is hidden from God's sight. We should live with a constant awareness that God sees all that we're doing. He sees all of our behavior. Everything that we do is done in his sight. Some people compartmentalize God, where God is in their minds is only only present in parts of their uh, parts of their life. You know, God is present with me when I go to church on Sunday. God is present with me when I pray before a meal. God is present with me when I'm reading my Bible. But God is not present with me when I go to work or when I watch something on television or what I do on Friday night. And they put God in a compartment. He's in some parts of my life, but he's not in these other parts of my life. God is present for all of life, not just parts of it. And that should affect our behavior. And God wants us to be blameless. He wants us to be fully committed to him. He wants us to be upright in our relationship with him. God said to Abram, walk before me and be blameless. Then verse 2, and I will make my covenant between me and you. I will multiply you exceedingly then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. Not such a good idea for a man that's 99 years old to fall down on the ground. He might break his hip or something. It's, it's... But he fell on his face as an act of worship. In fact, in your Bible, the word worship, it, it means to bow down before God. Abraham literally bowed down 
before God, fell to the ground before God. That, that's what worship is. When we, when we worship in song, like at the beginning of a church service, we're singing songs, we are bowing our hearts before the Lord, or at least we should be. Uh, sometimes during worship, you'll, you'll see someone here that, that literally gets on their knees or gets on their face before, before God. They're bowing down. It's an act, of, it's an act of, of worship. Abraham fell on his face before the Lord in, in worship, and it says, I love this, God talked with him. I love that. God talked with him. Does God talk with you? Do you talk with God? Do you have a relationship with him where you spend time with him? He spends time with you. You talk together every day. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I'm his own. And now in verse 4, God says, look, God says, as for me. Now look down in verse 9. In verse 9, God says, as for you. So in verse 4, God states uh, what, what he will do in the covenant. And then in verse 9, he states what he expects Abraham to do in the covenant. As for me, this is what I'm going to do. As for you, this is what I expect you to do in this covenant. Verse 4, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Now, up until now, God has said to Abram that he will have many descendants. He said, you'll have numerous as the stars in the sky, so will your descendants be. But now, for the first time, he tells him that he will be the father of many nations, plural. Many nations. This is a new promise that God makes to Abram. Many nations will come from Abraham. Now, if you've been watching the news recently, there was a historic Middle East peace treaty that was signed between Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain. And what do they call that peace treaty? The Abraham Accords. It actually, listen to this, it actually says in the peace treaty, this is a quote, it says, recognizing that the Arab and Jewish peoples are descendant of a common ancestor, Abraham. In the treaty, it says that. That's why it's called the Abraham Accord. Because the Jews and the Arabs both descend from Abraham. From Abraham came many nations. Verse 5 says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. God changes Abram's name to Abraham. God changes his name to emphasize this new promise of what God would do for Abraham. We, we see God change people's names in the Bible. For example, he changes Jacob's name to Israel. In the New Testament, Jesus changed Cephas to Peter. And when God changes someone's name, it represents something new that God is doing in their lives. The name change reflects the God-given destiny for that person. Abram will now be called Abraham because God will make him the father of many nations. And that name Abraham fits what God will do through Abraham's life. Abram means exalted father. Abraham 
means the father of a multitude. So this is what God will do. So he gives him a new name. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward His people. You're introduced to God's care and concern for His creation, how sin stained what God had created, and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person, but God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand. Yet, He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul. If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with the local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.